Welcome to a new episode of It Be Your Own People, a new podcast about what's going on in pop culture and being a POC in today's social environment. Because sometimes it be your own people. Maybe it's your brother, sister, or friend. Karen at the job or Karen next door. A leader of the movement you thought you could trust. Most of the time, it's somebody you already know. Beware the wolves, y'all. And now more than ever, people are showing you who they really are. And you need to know who you can trust. And welcome back. It's a new year. It's 2022, but we're still the same old besties here to get it started off on it. Be your own people. As always, we got that cocktail of the day. I am drinking a hot ass lemon tea with whiskey to warm that body up real good because it's colder than a witch's city in a brass bra out here. It is cold, but I'm going to have a nice white wine. It's from In Good Time. I'm loving this new company. And I'm drinking a Vermentino. But another thing I love, Sally, you know what? What is that, girl? Is this really good chocolate. It's actually called functional chocolate that will really just, ooh, get the taste buds together. But it's really good for healthy reality. Oh, yes, that sounds so delicious. So make sure you check them out at funcho.co. That's F-U-N-C-H-O dot C-O. It's game time. All right. So for today's game, we're going to call it Let's Discuss. And we really got a lot to get into because while we were on break, the streets was out here being all kinds of messy. So, girl, let's discuss getting secretly married at a friend's engagement party that's not a friend that's a hater yeah so i'm sorry but no what you're not about to do is try to co-op on all of these very nice and luxurious things that i have curated for my engagement to announce my happiness so that you can jump on board with your cheap ass behind and try to get married on the free free just because oh all the same people are going to be here anyway Girl, bye. Yeah, if that's not the cheapest thing I ever heard, like, no. It's a no for me. People need to fix their life because that is all the way wrong. But aside from that, let's say you're at a wedding and someone wears an insanely sexy dress that's actually showing uh, more skin than dress. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure that if it's my wedding, I would have a dress code that says like black tie attire or formal dress. If you're showing more skin than dress, I don't necessarily consider that to be formal wear. I agree with you. But in the instance of Kendall Jenner, who is a fashion model, I mean, she wore this dress. She looked great in it, but it was showing a lot of skin to a friend's wedding. I I found it distasteful. Yeah, apparently she got a whole lot of hate on the Instagrams and the Twitters and all the socials. But the friend chimed in and said that Kendall asked her if it was okay, and she said it was fine. Now, my thing is, if you got to ask, it's probably 99% chance that it's not something you should wear. Exactly. And your friend said, okay, because it's you. And that would get more talk about her wedding. Come on. Yeah. At my wedding, everybody's supposed to be looking at me, talking about me, not talking about, you know, somebody's side boob hanging out over there. And while you try to keep your side boobs in, Let's talk about the wedding night. We got this whole theme of wedding going on. So you show up to your wedding night and your man has dirty drawers on. What is that about? Oh, boy. I don't know what it's about, but it's not about to be about me because you can get it popping somewhere else. I'm going to go get my own hotel suite. No. 
This happened on a reality show. How do you not have brand new draws for your wedding night? How? How do you not have clean draws for your wedding night? And the thing was, it wasn't like it was white underwear, so you could easily see stains. It was a colored underwear, and there was a visibly dark stain on the side of this man's butt cheek. So it's like, what are you doing? I mean, several things it could be, but I, I do not know what it is. So is this the standard now? Is this the the guideline that we are now trying to achieve? Like, just show up to your wedding with clean underwear? Up, no. It's not giving what it's serving and it's serving you nasty. I mean, it might just be because some of these dudes out there are bums and not for nothing. But this dude on this reality show, he looked like a bum and wearing them dirty drawers. That's confirming everything I already thought. And speaking of confirming things that we already thought, what do you think about, you know, in the age of trying to make everything look nice? Not everyone is blessed with the same perfect hairline. So sometimes you got to do something to make sure that your baby hairs is all set up. What if one of those things included getting your baby hairs tattooed once your hairline decides to run away from your forehead? Oh, no, ma'am. No, I saw this on the social media. And if your hairline is escaping you, listen, embrace the new beauty that is you. Or if you don't want to go bald, bald's not for you. Try a really nice hat or get a wig because that looks crazy. Yes, and they're doing a whole lot with all these wigs. You know, you can always accessorize with a good hat. And my advice to these individuals is if something truly is for you, set it free. If it's meant to be, it will come back. If it was not meant for you, it will stay gone for a reason. So don't try to permanently scar yourself. And then not only is the permanently scar, but at least get a decent tattoo artist that's not going to make it look all kinds of crazy. Yeah, it does not look good. And on top of that, like, that has to be so painful. Not only is your face really sensitive, mm-hmm. but it's your hairline. People, for those of you who have not ever gotten tattoos, don't let this be the first time you do it either. Like, that is very thin skin. So what about, you know, you have this job you really, really, really love. Okay. And you get hit by a car while on the job and you just continue working. Um, if by working, you mean working to build up receipts for the workers comp suit that I'm about to file to get all the monties, then yes. Like, I just don't understand this. We're going to get into this story a little bit more later on, but you could just got hit by an actual car. Like that is the time to pause. Like, I don't care what job you're doing professional or not. Think about your, your health. Just cause you say you're okay. doesn't mean you got to keep on going. That was crazy. No job is going to make me do that. Nope. Baby boo, I get hit by a car and I'm taking PTO, furlough, all the O's, all the time off that I am awarded to me. I will be doing that. You're taking all the O's until they turn into zeros, like seven zeros. Exactly. That's right. You be knowing me, friend. You got me. Now it's time for what the fuck news. So in this new year, we're already in 2022, a couple weeks in. We are still in the month of January, but unfortunately, we've lost some really great people already. Betty White left us at the age of 99 just on the last day of 2021. She was a few weeks shy of turning 100. We've also lost acting legend Sidney Poitier, who was 94. And who else have we lost, Sally? It's been a very rough couple of weeks. 
2022 said, hold my beer. I'm about to be even more batshit than 2021. Unfortunately, we also had to say goodbye to actor comedian Bob Saget, better known as the dad from Full House, Danny Tanner. We also had to say goodbye to none other than the utmost wonderful fashion icon, Andre Leon Talley. He was only 73. Ugh, I cannot. I cannot. Yes, and just recently, we've said goodbye to actor and comedian Louis Anderson, who was 68 and had a battle with cancer. And just recently, Regina King's son, Ian Alexander Jr., who was 26. Very sad, and we hope they are resting in power. We're going to move on to something a little bit more bright. I don't know. What do you think about this? Megan Fox's engagement ring was designed to hurt her. What? Why are people like this? Like, who wakes up and thinks about something like this? Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly have recently gotten engaged, and the ring features diamonds and an emerald ring band that are actually fitted with thorns and is intentionally designed by Machine Gun Kelly himself. So he thought of this to make it painful for when you try to take the ring off. Yes, according to him, love is pain. And he says that the ring actually comes apart and makes two rings. And when it's together, it's held in place by a magnet. And then it forms an obscure heart. I mean, all of that sounds cute and lovely, but the bands are still thorns and the woman can get hurt. Like, why would you want, who who thinks of this crazy ass shit? And my thing is just, there are very plausible scenarios for why you would have to take your ring off that don't involve you being out here doing all kinds of dumb cheating shit. Like, let's say, for example, she ever has to have a medical procedure done where she can't have the ring on. If the ring, for some reason, keeps going off at airport security. I mean, if it went off at airport security, that means it wasn't real. So hopefully that's not the case, because that would really be the true pain. You giving me a fake ring. Well, he thought about this. He designed it in mind so that she never takes it off. So hopefully if she's doing any wrongdoing, she keeps that ring on. But we're going to move on because even though it's a new year, Florida is at it again with a new bill, a bill that was backed by Republican Governor Ron DeSantis prohibits Florida's public schools and private businesses from making people feel discomfort or guilt based on what, Sally? based on their race, sex, or national origin. And this has received its first approval by the state Senate Education Committee. I mean, at this point, just throw the whole damn state away. Like You could just break yourself off and float away down the river. We don't need it. Bye. Like, I just don't understand how you're going to pass a bill to say, hey, don't make people feel this way if we talk about these topics. Like, no, that doesn't make sense. My question also is, how are we measuring discomfort or guilt? Like, how do we know one person's discomfort versus somebody else's? Is it just me going up and saying, hey, that makes me uncomfortable? Another reason why this makes no sense. But it's Florida. So we're going to move right on along to West Virginia. As we mentioned earlier in our game segment, 25-year-old Tori Yorgie who is a TV reporter, was in a viral video that circulated. And tell us what happened, Sally. 
in this video, we can see Tori doing her reporter things, reporting on some kind of weather-related issue on site, on location. So she is not in the studio. She's on location, which also lets you know where she falls in the hierarchy of the broadcasting world. As she's doing her interview, she's on the camera solo live, and a car just comes and rams into her. And not like a sedan or a Prius or a little hatchback. A whole SUV ran into this girl and knocked her down in the middle of her giving her report. So she fell. She also fell into her camera. She had the camera on a stand. She was out there at night reporting live alone. And it was 11 p.m. at night. So you can see all this happen live. And then you hear her say, I just got hit by a car, but I'm okay. She manages to fix the camera, stand up. She's visibly shaken, but she's still pretty intact. However, the reporter who's in the studio and and watching this whole thing go down was literally unfazed. He like could not give two shits less about this girl. He didn't ask, are you okay? He just went on to say how, oh, you know, these are some of the risks that happen when we send reporters out on location to do their solo broadcasting. And I'm sitting there like, damn, girl, if I don't give a fuck about you as a person, that'd be him. So a fellow broadcast journalist who saw this were really pissed off. They are sending a lot more reporters to cover stories on their own. I'm not sure if this is happening because of COVID or maybe this channel in West Virginia probably doesn't have the team to send out with her. But either way, it's very risky. And also, she admitted on camera that this was not the first time she's been hit by a car. She said it's like the second time she's been hit by a car and she's been all right. But she said that happened in college. That may have been a different story. Mm, you're right. You're right. And now moving on to some regular regular news. With this segment of regular regular news, y'all. What you can always count when you have brothers or sisters is that rivalries will always be there. Unfortunately, Brittany and Jamie Lee Spears are taking bears to the public and all the social media. Tree, what has been going on with the Spears sisters? So their feud has been um, out in the public in the past few weeks. As we know, Jamie Lynn Spears came out with a memoir just a few days ago. And while she's trying to promote this, she claimed she was on her sister's side. But um, what happened? What did Brittany say? Brittany has been on Instagram, on Twitter. She's been blasting the whole family all up and down all the streets, putting everything on the front. After Jamie Lynn Spears had her interview with Nightline to both promote her book, but also talk about what's been going on in the family with the conservatorship, Jamie Lynn was very adamant that she was happy that this conservatorship was over, that she was glad for her sister to be able to get her autonomy, that when the conservatorship was put in place in 2008, she was 17, about to have a baby and was more focused on that than anything else. On that stance, okay, I get it. You were about to be a teen mom. You were trying to figure things out. I can see how you might have been confused in all the mess and stuff, but her interview just wasn't adding up. First, she said that she never moved money. Then she said that if she had moved money, she didn't know. Then she said that when she moved money, it was because she was trying to help her sister. So a lot of her math just wasn't mathing. So, of course, Brittany went and took to Instagram and put her sister on blast for basically standing by, having her whole family take advantage of her and just basically using her for all of the money while she's been out here doing the work and not being able to make her own decisions. 
So they've been going back and forth on the social and the media, and Brittany is trying to issue a cease and desist on Jamie Lynn's memoir. I really hope that this memoir does not sell. However, you know, there will be people reading it so that they can find out, you know, some of the drama in their family. But the thing is with Jamie Lynn Spears, yes, you are considerably younger than your sister. However, when you were 17 and had a baby, that was a long time ago, honey. In the past 10, 15 years, you could have tried to help your sister. You knew what she was going through. It's not like it was a secret that your parents wasn't, you know, making her work that that money covered the whole family, including you. Like she had a career of her own, but when she had that baby, you hadn't seen her because they were living off of Britney. Boo-boo, I hope this memoir flops. And speaking of flops, Drake is back in the headlines and not for any certified lover boy albums that he may be putting out. What did he do now? I don't even think that he did anything really wrong in any perspectives in this instance. But apparently there is an IG model out there who is in the midst of suing Drake for allegedly hurting her bajajay with some Frank's Red Hot. Make it make sense. Okay, so let me explain. Basically, Drake and this IG model had consensual sex. After the sex was had, Drake decided instead of flushing the condom down the toilet, he would put hot sauce in it and throw it in the trash. So this model tries to impregnate herself. And you know what, Sully, take it away. Yeah, apparently Drake thought that the hot sauce was going to obliterate the sperm so no one would be able to get his juice. But the IG model said, oh, you know what? This condom is here in the trash. I'm going to try and get put on and have me a baby by Drake. So she picks the condom out of the trash and tries to, according to her, insert the sperm into herself. So a turkey baster without the baster so she could get pregnant. What? In this respect, girl, you're a clown. You admitted to going into the bathroom and unknowingly for the other party try to impregnate yourself without consent like who does that and so she's trying to sue drake for the harm she's done to her body this is just dumb on dumb like it doesn't get any stupider than this but i mean hey she did learn her lesson hopefully she'll try to do it again but let's move on what is going down with cracker barrel they are forced to pay 9.4 million dollars in a lawsuit Tell us more. So apparently Cracker Barrel servers don't know the difference between a pitcher of water and a pitcher of industrial cleaning solution. Back in 2014, William Cronin stopped at a Cracker Barrel for lunch in Marion County, Tennessee. His waitress refilled his glass with what he thought was water. It apparently looked clear. It looked fine. But as soon as he took a drink from it, it turned out that it was a mixture of water and ecosan, which is commercial grade bleach. No. So Cracker Barrel allegedly used unmarked water pitchers to mix water and ecosan together, you know, to clean. And they soaked parts of the soda machine in that mixture in order to clean them. And this server was just so very bright that she nearly done killed this man. I mean, I'm glad he's still alive, but what the hell? I just don't understand how you make a mistake like that. First of all, why are you putting commercial grade bleach cleanser into an unmarked pitcher in an establishment that handles food? That uses those same pitchers for water. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But this sounds like a setup. 
maybe this server did not like this man. Maybe he was too annoying. She probably did it on purpose because it doesn't even make sense. You would smell that mixture. You don't just pour that in there. Come on now. There are so many areas where this mathematical equation is not equating. So many, but let's move on with Valentine's Day around the corner. You know, the Bronx always got it going on. What are they doing? The Boogie Down Bronx has brought back its Name a Roach gift package provided to us by the Bronx Zoo, which gives you the chance to symbolically name one of the zoo's giant Madagascar hissing cockroaches after your loved one. Yeah, I mean, for a $15 donation, your significant other will get a certificate featuring their cockroach's name. I mean, this is more like therapy for people who went through really bad breakups. I don't see actual current couples doing this unless they have some weird, you know, nickname cockroach thing going on. Or maybe they like to give out engagement rings that hurt you. I don't know. So I'm not entirely understanding the purpose behind this because the Bronx Zoo is marketing this as a fun, lighthearted way to make sure your loved one knows your feelings will last a lifetime. And I looked it up. Madagascar hissing cockroaches only live about two to five years. And they, as you could expect, not the cutest thing. So, like, I could understand someone saying, oh, I named this panda bear after you because panda bears last a really long time and they're super cute and cuddly. Like, who doesn't like a panda? But if my significant other, who I'm currently dating, sends me a certificate, if I get a certificate that says, oh, hey, boo, I named you after a cockroach, guess what's going to happen next? I'm going to stop you out like you're the cockroach. Like, what is wrong with you? No. no. Well, that's the thing. It doesn't matter how long the thing lives like a panda is an animal you know somewhat cute i guess depending on the person but a cockroach is an insect like that is not cute in any way shape or form this is a way for people to get over on their exes it's therapy i'm telling you that's what i would do and i got a list actually 15 dollars i could put that in the budget that fits in the budget this year and speaking of things that are making sense are just all the way together yuck pastor mike todd is trying to put out a message that's not serving what it's meant to give. In a recent sermon, Pastor Mike Todd was attempting to deliver an interesting message while rubbing his spit onto the forehead of a congregant. I have since watched the video, girl. He hawked what I can only describe as a loogie into his hand, rubbed it into his hand, and then rubbed it onto the forehead of this brother who had no idea what was about to happen like you could tell by his reaction that he did not sign up for this he was not expecting this because why would you it was just altogether gross i could i couldn't the thing that i don't get is after the pastor after pastor todd watched it back he claims to be disgusted and realizes he crossed a line and then he said jesus was able to use his spit to create a miracle and he most certainly did not have the same effect on this young man why? What, what is going on? Of course he didn't have the same effect because you ain't Jesus. You ain't turning water into wine. So to distract even further, he said he called the incident a distraction of the message and says next time he will rethink and do something different. I should hope so. And not only is this just disgusting under normal circumstances, sir, pastor man, sir Mike Todd of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Guess what? We are still living in a pandemic that does not cease to exist at the Oklahoma border. Let's get into Baby We Winning. 
So one thing Cardi does not do, she will not forget where she came from, okay? So New York City's new mayor, Eric Adams, announced recently that the Grammy-winning rapper Cardi has offered to pay the finances for all 17 victims of a horrific fire that happened in the Bronx, where Cardi grew up. Can we just take a minute and give this sister a round of applause? Because she really does what she needs for the people, and she never forgets where she comes from. This has been the city's most devastating fire in nearly three decades, and it ripped through a Bronx apartment high rise that houses mostly low income and residents of color. Yes, and many of the victims had ties to Gambia and several of the family members wanted to and they were trying to plan to bury them in their West African homeland. Tell us what Cardi said, Sally. She said she's extremely proud to be from the Bronx. So when she heard about the fire and all of the victims, she knew she needed to do something to help. I mean, I think that this is just so amazing. It's going to be very costly. A lot of the 17 victims were in the same family. So who knows if they even, you know, had the funds or even anyone left to carry out their funerals. This is just so nice. I'm happy that she is not only offering it, she plans to do it. And now we really have to get into our final update on some Black Bachelorette magic. Tree, for the people, who did Michelle finally choose? First of all, for the record, I just want to say that I was right. I knew that Nate was going to win. She she just had to. There is something about that 6'8 stature that she just could not pull away from. So yes, Nate is the winner. Okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. You were right. I was wrong. And based on how much they were glowing at the reunion, I would say that she made the right choice. According to Michelle, she says that she hit the jackpot with her now fiance, Nate. They are still going strong since the finale and have even spent the holidays together. Yes. So Nate said that he's moving to Minnesota for his fiance. And he noted that his mom is hoping for a wedding in Scotland. It could be as soon as this summer. So they are trying to move fast. I just want to say all the red flags we had about him, you know, not wanting to say I love you, um, not showing or letting anyone meet his family, and even his stepfather basically shitting on him and saying he wasn't ready. I don't know how much of that was for like drama and ratings because they seemed really cute together and he had no problem proposing. He had no problem saying he loved her. I'm confused. Where did all that, you know, fake red flag drama come from? I know. I go, I was thinking about this at the reunion. And I go, wow, for a man to go from not being sure of what he wants, which ladies and gentlemen, we've all been there, stuck with somebody who doesn't know whether he's coming or going, to now fast tracking a wedding, not being able to get enough of his fiance, the way that he was looking at her, him and his bum bump were living their best lives on that reunion couch. I have to say that bum bump was still there in the, you know, after show, after they get picked. Like, why is that bump there? It wasn't there in the beginning when he started. So can someone please let us know what that is and give us a health update on both Nate and Michelle? Because I don't want her getting a bum bump. Okay. Somebody called Dr. Pimple Popper so that we could try and get this resolved before the wedding. Don't nobody need that in their pictures. And the bachelorette also gave the newly engaged couple a very nice gift. They gifted them a two 
$100,000 check for a down payment on their first home together. And since they're planning to move to Minnesota, 200 k is going to go a long way. Girl, they could buy up a whole farm with like 20 acres. Yep. And he going to need it with all that height. And in unfortunate and very sad news, second runner-up Joe Coleman was recently called out for a past sexual assault from a former college friend. Yikes. Yeah, I was going hard in the paint for Joe, too. So Me too. hearing this news, I was like, oh, how did you make it this far without anybody saying anything? Well, that's the thing is that he made it that far because the person hadn't spoken out. So obviously seeing him on The Bachelorette, she was like, no, he is not a great guy. He is not who everyone thinks he is. This actually happened. So, I mean, in a weird turn of events, I am glad that this person decided to speak up, you know, found their voice and their courage to do that. And Joe has since deleted his IG and has not commented on the matter yet. It's just sad because I was really wanting him to win, too. I know, right? And I'm sitting here like, wow, we can't root for nobody. Now it's time for some good watches. Check this out. So This Is Us has now begun its season six and final season. The show creator said, guess what? It was never supposed to be like a Grey's Anatomy. This is not going to be going on for years. So she really thought out this final season and the vision for the characters. I haven't caught up in a while. Because I've just been tired of crying. Like, it's such a good show, but it just gets you so emotional. So maybe I'll just wait till it ends and, you know, maybe binge it next year. Right? You you watching now? I am. I'm watching as the episodes come out. What I will say is that I think that they have emotionally terrorized us so much in seasons one through five that they're kind of pulling back just a little bit on the tearjerker moments. Because I've only had about... We're three or four episodes into the season now, and I've only sat here crying like a little baby bitch twice in the last few episodes, whereas before I was crying like a little baby bitch twice every two or three minutes. Okay, yeah, so I'll wait about a year till it's like done and I can just binge it all. Mm -hmm, Yeah, I do recommend that. That'll be good. And moving on to another show that we love to watch. Bridgerton on Netflix. It's highly anticipated second season will be released this March, but will follow the love life of the eldest Bridgerton brother, Anthony. Mm. Yeah, so that's going to be interesting. I definitely love the show. Can't wait to see it. But part of the reason I loved the show was because a fine, sexy Regine Jean Page. I know I butchered his name, but I, I for one, am still very upset that he won't be a part of it and so are all his fans but there's a reason behind it yes it's because each novel focuses on a different Bridgerton sibling and their love journey so we done went through the Bridgerton eldest daughter who didn't know how impregnation happened I will never not get over the fact that she did not understand why she couldn't get pregnant but again it's a different time period. There were different pieces of information and knowledge that were given to different people at different age stages. And I'm going to leave it at that. But we will never not have that as a talking point whenever we're talking about Bridgerton. I hear you that it's a different time period. But you know what? Stupid is stupid. Okay? It doesn't matter what year, what century is. If you're dumb, you're dumb. And for me, that was her. 
Okay. You're right. I'm just hoping that the brother Anthony is a little bit more astute when it comes to the female or just anatomy in general and navigating his love life. Yes, I want the same steamy love scenes that happen in season one to happen in season two, regardless, right, of who it is. So yes, my grace. I need to see all of the my graces and my lords. Oh, all that. Okay. And now there is a movie coming out called Marry Me with J-Lo. It's coming out just in time for Valentine's Day. And J-Lo is playing pop superstar Kat Valdez. Her life seems perfect until she discovers something about her fiance and decides to marry someone else. And not just like someone else that she knew, a complete stranger that she never met until the moment she points at him and says, you, I'll marry you. Simply because he was holding up a sign that said, marry me in a concert. But this love, new love interest is played by Owen Wilson and it's definitely a dramatic rom-com with J-Lo. But my thing is, J-Lo, honey, if you want to make a movie of your actual life, then just call it uh, uh, J-Lo. Just, just say that this is your life because it is literally her life in true form of her being a superstar, finding out that her fiance ain't shit. Mm-hmm. And then going on to find a nice Caucasian man to be with. Okay, so mm-hmm. open is playing. Yo, Ben Affleck, we see you, girl. The writing's on the wall. You ain't slick. This is definitely a revenge movie, pokey poke to what's-his-face, A-Rod. Exactly. And I'm so happy that it's there. Because you know what, A-Rod? Watch this. You lost her. Bye. And speaking of watch this, we talk on this show all the time about how we have this show that is so terrible, but we cannot stop watching it. And it is Sisters. Well, guess what? We still been watching, but now Sisters is getting a spinoff on BET streaming service, BET Plus. Yes, so they have confirmed a 10-episode spinoff for our favorites, Zach and Fatima. I cannot wait it. Their ride or die, newfound love is like perfect. Like I'm obsessed. I am super obsessed. I love me some Fatima because she is all the way real. She stays strapped figuratively and actually, and she will hold you down no matter what the situation may be. Oh, yeah. She came with the brass knuckles for this dude that wouldn't leave her and her man alone. Mm. I was here for it. Like, she's such a badass. And the thing that I love about her is that she was a stylist on the show, on Tyler Perry's many shows. She has the least amount of acting, but she is the best one out of the other women. I mean, I I sort of like all the women. I hate their storylines. But the Zach and Fatima, who fans on Twitter have called Zatima, that is actually what the show will be called. I love it. I'm here for that. And I can't wait. And it's only 10 episodes long. So I'm hoping that because it's only 10 episodes, he's not going to drag out all the good juicy parts across the 23 episode regular season that he has on sisters. Because sometimes one day it'd be like nine episodes. Yeah, I really hate that. But you know, he's definitely going to stretch it. I'm sure we're going to see one day in the entire 10 episode, you know, series. Oh, Lord. But either way, we get some more Zach and Fatima time because honestly, whenever their scenes aren't there, I'm like, can you guys hurry up? Like, what's going on? And speaking of what's going on, we have a good read for y'all. We haven't had one in a hot minute. But this debut novel by Lola Akinmaid Ackerstrom, girl, I hope I didn't butcher your name, titled In Every Mirror She's Black, 
follows the story of three black women and how they are linked in unexpected ways to the same influential white man in Stockholm as they try to build their new lives in the most open society run by the most private people. That's interesting. That is very interesting. So it's told through the perspectives of each of the three women. And Akersham touches on important social issues of racism, classism, fetishization, and tokenism, and what it truly means to be a Black woman navigating a white-dominated society. You know what? I see this becoming a really great show or movie in the next few years, so I can't wait for this book, girl. Yep, I'm super excited. And talk about art imitating life, because if there's one thing we know about life is having to be a person of color in these white dominated industries. So I am here for this. And now time for the sad blackity black ass truth. Child, in this sad blackity black ass truth, we have got to talk about Trey Songs with yet another sexual assault charge allegation. I cannot. It's really like I'm not understanding because, you know, what we never followed up with the others. But the fact that there are more accumulating is the major problem here. So Las Vegas PD confirmed last month that they're investigating an allegation of a sexual assault against Trey Songs. And according to the allegations, Trey was in Vegas celebrating his B-Day. Okay, cool. And then an alleged incident took place in his hotel room after a performance. No additional details have been released at this time, but it's like, just because people want to party with you a little bit later on, if they don't want to go any further, let it be, let them go. And as we mentioned, this is not the first time sexual assault claims have been made against the R&B star. Accusations of both sexual and physical assault have been hurled against him for close to a decade now. We also talked about how recently he was in the news for punching a Kansas City police officer in the head and nothing happened off of that. In 2018, he was accused of sexual assault by an unnamed woman in Miami, which he vehemently denied. And also, let's not forget. Oh, we're not forgetting. We are. We cannot forget. Kiki Palmer tried to warn us about the man, but we wasn't listening. She did try to warn us about some house party she was at years ago. And I'm just like, you know what? This really sucks when you see someone who's so talented and somehow their career gets overshadowed by all this, this BS that is happening. And it's just kind of like, if it happens more than once, the problem is you. Exactly. And that's the part that's so mind boggling because I would be like, okay, one or two people coming out against you, I could understand if you're like, oh, you know what? They're just trying to get up off me off of fame because it does happen. However, when all of these women have come forward and have accused you of sexual assault in very similar manners, come on, man. I, at what point are you going to take a step back and start to take accountability for your actions? It's time for Reality Roundup. So in this roundup, we're going to start off with some shocking celebrity breakups because the year started and people said, you know what? I'm tired of you. I'm going to find me a new one. But this one actually breaks my heart. Megan and Devon Franklin. Come on now. I was really rooting for them. 
I know. I really enjoyed their love. I appreciated the way that they waited for each other. They respected each other's boundaries. They were really about growing together as a couple. But they announced their decision to have a divorce back in December after nine years of marriage. Mm, so sad. Nine years. I It sucks. And you know, the best thing I liked about them is that they're both in the industry, but they had God on their side. So they're very religious. They talked about it and they still grew further into their careers. But Franklin took to his social media, posting pics of the couple and saying he was fully in pain, but at peace. So obviously they thought about this a lot. And while Franklin is admitting to his painful peace, Megan appears to be living her best life. Posting pics on the beach, showing off a very nice looking body. And one photo that she posted on Instagram, she's wearing a baseball tee that said, Miss Good if you're nasty. So, you know, I guess she's ready to start a new journey. She's ready to start a new journey because let's not forget, before she was married, she was a different woman. So she's getting right back to that. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, all right, girl. But here's another one that we're shocked of after 17 years together. And five years of marriage, Lisa Bonet and Jason Fine-Ass Momoa. Damn. Damn. I mean, even though I don't know these people, this one really does hurt because they're both fine as hell. So they made a very sexy couple together as well as sexy individuals apart. However, they're attributing the split to having different focuses over the last few years. Career trajectories have taken them in different directions. Now that Momoa is a big-time superhero star as Aquaman, he wants to be able to work as much as possible, which like, hey, girl, I get it. Once you get that bag, once you secure that money, and this is DC money, like he is making multi-millions of dollars as that fine-ass aquatic creature. But Lisa's just trying to enjoy her life in LA and not follow him around on location. Yeah, I get that. And even though I wasn't a fan, I, I'm a fan of Jason Momoa. I did not care for the Aquaman movie. I thought it was trash. But still, he's making money. He's busier than he's ever been in his career. And they have two lovely twins together. It just sucks. You know, they spent a long time together. But hey, moving on. And the way he loved her, like he was so open about his love for her that this one was a shocker. But let's talk about one that like, really, who thought they would stay together? I mean, come on. Common and Tiffany Haddish announced their breakup back in November. And like you said, girl. I mean, I honestly thought that it was a joke, especially because, you know, Tiffany Haddish, she makes jokes of all kinds, regardless if it's funny or not. But I, like, I just I don't know if you ever see two opposites attracting. I guess it's them because I don't see it. I don't get it. It's like you said, when they first announced that they were dating, I thought that this was just her trying to stunt for social media, trying to set up conversation and discussion for her going on tour. But as they were together, it did seem like they were making a real good go of it. Recently, they both gave separate interviews with Jason Lee on Hollywood Unlocked. Common went on there, was very classy. He said the breakup was mutual and he had nothing but love for Haddish. However, Tiffany had a different story. In her interview, she was quick to point out that he was the common denominator in all his breakups. Yes, pun intended. Not the but common denominator, child. But my whole thing is, no offense to Hollywood Unlocked, but how did Jason get both of them on his show? Just a question I'm putting out there. But aside from that, I mean, I do think that Tiffany's right. Like, Common, he gets with a really great, fine, successful, strong, smart woman. And then he's just like, all right, I'm done. What's the new thing? I mean, we've seen him do that time and time before with amazing women. So, Common, you ain't ish. Tiffany, if you want to find someone real, you should have known better. 
Yeah, that is true. Because look at his trajectory. He was with Taraji. He was with the GOAT Serena. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Who are you? Couldn't make it work with these women. I did not know he dated Taraji, but yeah. yeah. You know, moving on, Kanye and his, I won't say breakup, because they already done broken up, but that divorce is like for real, for real standing. So now he's dating someone new. But what do the sources say? Even though Kanye is connected to actress Julia Fox, he is still doing everything possible to try and get that thing back. No matter what his words say that he's not trying to get back with her, Well, his words are also saying he's trying to get back with her, but his actions are definitely speaking louder. Kim filed for divorce from the headlines making rapper a year ago. So a whole year of her trying to separate herself from this man. And do you remember that she actually filed for legal separation from him so that the courts would be able to recognize that they're not like they're not like actually married living in the same house. And that wasn't enough for him because in the past several months, He's done everything possible to make this split as difficult as can be. He got a house right across from her. Toxic. He's also said multiple times in different interviews to different people that he wants her back. And you know what? This actress, Julia Fox, seems perfectly okay with the fact that they're dating. And I don't know where it's going, but you know what? All parties involved have fun with that, right? In his most recent, I guess you could say, stunt on Kim, he released a diss track on her new boo, Prince of Staten Island, Pete Davidson. Kanye claims to be gearing up to beat his ass. Julia Fox has given many interviews now where she said she's used to dating these type of men, that she's dated billionaires her entire adult life, that this doesn't phase her, that she could not give a fuck less, blah, blah, blah. But girl... Why are you going to put yourself in a position to date a man who clearly wants to be with somebody else? Because he's an A-lister. And I'm not saying she's, I mean, I'm sure she's known. I don't know who she is. But she's clearly connected to someone who's popular and his wife is popular. And you know what? I don't even care about her. She's really irrelevant in the story. She's just arm candy for Kanye right now. But what Kanye is doing, you know, making threats, talking poorly about Pete Davidson, and even saying that Kim wouldn't allow, you know, him to come to the daughter's party. That is just like, you're going low. You're going real low. Just can you just let her live her life? He's 100% doing the most. And at the end of the day, the only people who are going to suffer the most from this are the children. Yes. And speaking of the children, the Kardashian family, mm, somewhat not really, but Tristan Thompson is connected to Chloe. And he finally admitted that, guess what? He has another child. In the most unshocking and unsurprising news to anyone ever, Tristan admitted to fathering a child with Marilee Nichols. Only after Maury Dunn came back with the paternity test results and said he was, in fact, the daddy. This is now the umpteen time that he's embarrassed Chloe. They weren't together, but she did say in the finale of the Kardashians that they were trying to have another child together, even though they weren't together. And I get that because, you know, he's the father of her only daughter. But honey, you can have a child with anyone. You can get a surrogate. You can get donated sperm. You do not have to get back with him, especially when he's publicly having all these other kids. Like the fact that they weren't together, you shouldn't care. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And like you mentioned, he's just been embarrassing her time and time again, and she just keeps doing it. But all I'm going to say is how you get them is how you lose them. 
very true, but we're going to move on to positive baby news. Jeannie Mai and Jeezy, their baby is here. They have recently announced the arrival of their beautiful baby girl named Monaco Mai Jenkins, a name they chose based on a relationship changing conversation they had while together on a trip in Monaco, France. And also that the middle name is her mother's name. But this is really great because she mentioned that this baby came after she had a miscarriage. Um, She found that she was pregnant right before they got married. And shortly after their wedding, she lost that child. So I'm really happy that she kept on with the baby journey because we all know she famously said on her talk show, The Real, that she never wanted children with her ex-husband. Oh, that's a rainbow baby. I love this for them. We love this journey for Jeannie and Jeezy. We sure do. Now let's move on to some reality. The challenge. We finally saw the winners. I personally think the actual finale needed to be harder. It seemed too easy. It was underwhelming for me too. I was really shocked. And I think they were too shocked at how short the finale was. Very. But I mean, to no one's surprise, CT, of course, he is the best. He is the challenge. The GOAT. He, he and Casey won together as a team. They won so much money that they decided to give all the losers 50K each a piece. That is really nice. Tell that us who the really losers nice are. One. Who those losers That was really nice of them because, you know, if Kyle and Tori had won, who came in second place and missed first place by mere seconds, nobody would have gotten any of that money except for them. Very true. And in third was Devin and Emmy. Now, my whole thing is Devin is really hmm, lucky. He's lucky he came in third. He Hmm. talks so much shit throughout the entire season, how he was, you know, the major manipulator in the game. He was. But, honey, when you do that, you got to back it up. You were so underwhelming. How about that in your performance in the final? He shouldn't have been there. But nobody was shocked. He has no endurance. The man melts after five minutes in the sun. He's great with logic games. He's great with puzzles. Yes, he is an amazing critical thinker. When it comes time to shut up and put up, mm, he be putting on out down the road. You are not lying about that. And I didn't even bother with the reunion because it just seemed like nonsense. Yes, it seemed like nonsense. They, I don't know, I watched a few minutes in the beginning and they were glossing over major issues. Everyone was laughing, kicking. Some people were yelling at each other, but I was like, this is too, mm, people want more TV time. And Emmy, Emmy is so annoying. Emmy is so annoying that I just couldn't watch it. It's like, nope. She grew on me like a fungus, but I'm also not trying to sit here and watch another 30 minutes of Emmy TV time. The only reason why I watched the reunion, I needed confirmation and tea on what the fuck happened with Ashley. Did they, they did talk not, about Very, exactly. they glossed over it. Like there were no specifics given. Her name was barely brought up. It was only for like a couple seconds. So but- did the host just say like she was no longer the show? Like Maria Menounos was hosting Love Her. But did she talk about it? Nothing was said in terms of Ashley is not coming back ever. So that leads me to believe that she will be returning at some point in the future. That's sad. And I hate to see it. But now let's not forget that the Challenge All-Stars also ended and we have new winners. We have Jonne and her partner, MJ. Yes. And we love that for them, except I really need people to start learning how to read directions right next to puzzles. 
damn, this finale was so close. Like they were all right next to each other. I honestly feel that if the other two teams had just looked and saw, hey, figure mm-hmm. out this puzzle, they could have ran. Maybe they could have beat them on that runway to the jet. I agree. It was so disappointing. I was sitting there and I'm like, okay, y'all are really not going to read these huge ass directions. It's not even like TJ was trying to be cute and put like a little five by 11 paper. It was taller than they were. It was right there next to the safe and not a single person had the foresight to read the directions except for John A. But it wasn't directions, though. It was like in pictures and you had to figure it out. So it was another puzzle in and of itself. And if you didn't see that because there were no words, then you and you've been out running for hours in the sun and, you know, all the aches and pains that they were complaining about. And lack of sleep on the night before. Yeah, you weren't going to see that. But I will give it up to Nehemiah and Melissa for making it that far because I really didn't think I didn't think Nehemiah was good. Like, he just annoyed the shit out of me last season and most of this season. But, you know, he did create the King's Palace and he did make it to the final. And he brought his other boy, Tech, into the final as well. So I'm not mad at him for doing that. Still love me some Darrell and his partner. They were really great. I thought that she would quit because of her back injuries. But she kept going. So all the other people who quit, like, you guys are losers, man. And also, don't forget about Melissa basically rolling over her whole damn ankle and still continuing on with the entirety of the challenge. When she rolled her ankle, I felt every single ounce of pain for that girl. So the fact that she kept running on it, I was like, okay, you're a freak of nature. And Ayana ain't shit for quitting because she couldn't what? The sun or whatever. I can't. I can't with her. Ayana is the epitome of I'm going to yell and argue until I get my way. But then when I get my way, I don't do anything to keep it. Like she was so disappointing. And Tech was screwed from the beginning when he got paired up with her. He was. But, you know, again, they made it far because of Save the Palace, Save the Palace. That was a catchy song. I hope I find it on YouTube. It was catchy. And we're going to move on to Bravo with Below Deck. This season is such a hot mess. I'm actually surprised they have one charter left. It's just, I'm confused. Like, I was really rooting for Reyna, and she's disappointing. I'm so upset because I was hoping that she was going to be, like, the palate cleanser after Lexi's bullshit from last season's Below Deck Mediterranean. But Reyna this season, she has a really bad attitude. She's had a bad attitude from jump. She's out here condemning people for doing the exact same things that she's doing. So she's mad at Jake for having a fake fiance or girlfriend or whatever overseas. But bam, you got a whole boo thing in Mexico who's waiting for you and you're telling him you love him. But then you're also making out with your boss and making out with stewardesses and doing all types of stupid shit yeah that almost threesome i was in confusion like i'm still in confusion because you were so mad when you found out that he had a fiance and you guys had made out but you had your whole side boo but then you actually besides the fact that you had multiple three-way kisses with him you then had sex with him on tv lied about it and every time you're told to do your job by you know your bosses and managers who are your higher-ups you complain and get mad and you deflect on an issue that is a major issue i might add on the issue of heather previously saying the n-word and multiple times multiple times but the thing is 
I, I personally don't like people using the N-word. If you want to use it and you're black, that is on you. And Raina was singing a song that had the N-word in it. Heather repeated it after her singing that song. She knew it was wrong. She shouldn't have said it. They were out drinking, but that doesn't excuse it. You guys have talked about it afterwards. You claim to have forgiven Heather. You hugged her. You said, don't worry about it. I got you, boo. And then you talk to the camera and you talk about how mad and disappointed you are. And you talk to basically the entire crew about it. She's apologized twice now. I'm just kind of like, if this is how you felt, you could have said, hey, I don't like this. Give me space. But you took her apology twice. And now you're using that as an excuse to not work. We are in no way, shape, or form defending Heather because we do not want to see this effort pass this season. We think that she should have gotten fired at least two charters ago. Mama is giving me, I don't give a fuck about people of color energy. Oh, yes, because that group, when the whole black group was there, she was all the way rude. Someone had very specifically put out on the call sheet, hey, this is what I don't eat. This is what I'm allergic to. This is what my husband doesn't eat. And then Heather brings out, guess what? The food that these people don't eat, the charter guest who is paying for this service. And we're not talking about no like five to $10. We're talking about thousands of dollars for me to have this experience. And then you're going to come to the guest and try to make it seem like it was her mistake and try to make her look stupid when you're the idiot girl. Fuck you. Bye. She was this much short of basically arguing with this woman who's paying to be on this very luxurious yacht in front of all of her guests at dinner. And she picked the wrong one too. It was really rude. I didn't like anything that Heather did with that situation. Then when she found out she was wrong, she came back again at the table in front of everyone at dinner and apologized to her. That doesn't make it right. You've already belittled her. I'm not mad at Melissa then not wanting to, you know, be happy on the trip or even enjoy the food. Because at that point, it's just a slap in the face. And Heather ruined that experience for her. Everyone else really did have a good time. But I don't know what Captain Lee is going to do because this last upcoming charter, these last few episodes, they are a hot mess. You have large objects flying into the water. You have people just not doing their job. And it's this is the last charter. How is it this sloppy? They're making basic ass day one mistakes. And I really want Lee to start bringing the hammer down because this is not okay. Queens has been really doing their thing. They tried to fool us. They made us think that they killed Eve. I I know, right? I hate, I love and hated them for that. I was like, if you kill this woman who just lost her husband to cancer, who cheated on her and she just forgave and she has five kids. I was like, if you don't stop the nonsense. So I'm glad that we know she is somewhere warm on an island with her five children while she recovers. Living her best life. She's not dead. But we really know that Eve is actually awaiting to have her baby very soon in real life. But the storyline is getting good. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad. I like the different venues that they're taking. They're starting to bring in new people. Instead of just us looking at the three other main artists, we're looking at the relationships that they're forming with other people. They've now started their own label. They're bringing in and supporting really strong women. And I love to see it. Remy is on the episode that came back from the holidays. It gave everything it needed to give. And Notori Naughton is really doing her thing. Brandy. I forget their actual character names. But the other characters I do remember. Little Muffin. I love it. She wants to. She's still kind of in the music business. And I'm glad that they are making a music business. You know, all by women. Putting out music. Helping other women. 
And we have Valencia, girl. I didn't know you could rap. Okay. And she was spitting that reggaeton, too. I was like, all right, girl. Yeah, I was listening to that shit. That was a bop. I love the Queen soundtrack. If you don't watch the show, at least, you know, go to Tidal, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you like to stream your music and listen to the Queen soundtrack because all of them can spit. Wherever you listen to us, you can listen to the Queen soundtrack. How about that? Facts. Facts on facts. I do like how they're giving Valencia a storyline now, although I thought it was very stupid that she met this man on the first night and just decided to get married to him and now is learning him. I was like, this isn't married at first sight, boo. What you doing? But I will say that it's a much better match than what these married at first sight idiot experts be doing. Oh, yeah. Married at first sight. We would get into as the new season progresses. But they are in Boston, and these black women they have are beautiful. And mm-hmm. they even matched up a jobless man. Like, how do you get casted on a show to marry a complete stranger who is unemployed? How does that work? I don't know, but I'm just sitting here and I go, so the unemployed are sitting here getting married. But right, the strong, beautiful, successful women have to get matched with unemployed men? Like, what the that's what I'm saying because his match, I mean, not for nothing. He seems, I mean, it's only been the wedding episodes, but he seems like a really great guy. His only downfall, which is a major flaw, is that he don't have no job. And he hasn't had one in about four to five months. Yeah, I've said this before and I'm going to say it again. The married at first sight alleged experts do not care about the women. They don't. So it's not just the experts. It's also the producers who ain't shit. This really cringe wedding that happens between Alyssa and I forget her new husband's name. Boston. She is very um, particular about what she wants and what she likes. She wants someone with straight teeth. She wants someone she's attracted to. Honey, if you have these specific things, go to an actual matchmaker. Don't go on a show to blindly marry someone seconds after meeting them. And then to also get the complete opposite of everything you wanted. Lifetime did this for viewership. Yep. But it is so awful because she says literally like the morning of before going down the aisle she said, I want someone, you know, he has to have really straight teeth. I don't want, like, someone who has snaggle teeth. And then they cut to his teeth. And I'm not saying that his teeth are awful. They're not awful. They also are not straight. But I'm just like, this man has feelings. And you can tell from jumps she's not attracted to him. And it is so awful. It's cringe. I feel like they are using him and they have used Gil last season as a way to kind of make up for all the women they poorly set up in the past. They are using these men and it's not cute. I don't like that. And they're clearly doing this shit for clicks, likes and ratings. And they know we're going to watch because how can we not? I mean, it's a it's a bad cringe train wreck and it's not nice. And this Alyssa chick, I'm like, honey, why are you acting like you are all that? Like this is a human being. You sign up for the show. Don't act like you don't know how this show works. And don't forget about the real drunkity drunk wife. She's a hot mess. I mean, honestly, I didn't like her husband prior to them getting married. I thought he was like, uh, you know, but then seeing them together, I feel bad for him. I actually like him and I feel bad for him. Yep. That whole ceremony was a train wreck from Jump Street. I think she has multiple personalities. I'm not even lying. She seems like she's drunk 24-7 and she is like five different people. 
uh, he looks scared like he looks skirt skirt he terrified it's a hot mess but the thing is he's such a nice person and really wanted to be married that he's gonna give it a real try but i don't care about all that what i care about are my two beautiful black queens who are looking amazing and not for nothing but they paired them up with you know subpar men this man got dirty draws on on his wedding night disgusting so this is what we were talking about in our game because of all the things that you could do to prepare yourself for your wedding you couldn't at least buy a new package it costs like what 10 15 for you to get a package of three boxer briefs come on and this is your wedding night like you took off all you took off your tux you could have changed your underwear if they were dirty girl at least they weren't white can you imagine no, no, I cannot. And then the other black couple, Jasmina, love her so much. She's so beautiful, smart. Oh, I just, I just love most of the women. I'm gonna say basically the three women. The other one, Alyssa, and the drunk one, no. But Jasmina, her husband is like, oh yeah, I work like 13 hour days. I'm like, wait a minute. So you don't even have time to date, and so you decided to go on a show where you get married, but you don't have time for it. Like, I, I, he gets up at four in the morning. And he does not come home until like seven ish. I'm just like, this is not adding up. And he sleeps early around nine. Like, sir, what? Yeah, I don't get any of that. And I was like, you are a personal trainer. Like, you can set your hours. And I know you don't need to be working on the weekend all the time. Like, sir, stop the bullshit. It's just giving a lot of ancient energy, which is to be expected at this point. But I'm going to watch because a mess is a mess. Sure is. But we will still be watching, of course. And uh, we're at the end of the show. But don't forget to catch up on our Real Housewives snippet. If you want to hit us up to say hey or let us know about any It Be Your Own People moments, send us an email at ibyoppodcast at gmail.com. Hey, y'all. Don't forget to like and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Podcast. And that's all we have for you today on It Be Your Own People. Stay woke, stay alert, and tune in next time.